It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to the show. Yeah, I couldn't be more amped up today to talk with my guest. Joining me is Mark Hunter, the sales hunter. As I said, one of the greatest names in sales. He's a speaker, sales trainer, and author of a book called High Profit Selling, which is a great book about how to sell at full price. Now, Mark is turning his attention to prospecting. You know, this is an area of sales that, according to most research, is still the number one problem area for salespeople. You know, despite all the tools and technologies and books that have been introduced to help with this task, this most fundamental sales requirement, prospecting, is for most companies and sales organizations still the most problematic part of their selling process. So Mark is here to share with us today his ideas for how sales teams can get unstuck and successfully rev up their proactive outbound prospecting. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me on. Looking forward to it. So you've been on the show before, but for those people who didn't hear your first episode, so please tell us a little bit about yeah. yourself, a little bit of your yeah. background. Well, you know, my last name is Hunter, and I tell you what, I thank my parents for that. What a great last name. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hey, uh, got into this, uh, boy, uh, 15, 16 ye- years ago when I walked out of corporate America. I'd been in corporate America for about, oh, 16 years. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm old. And, I was um, going to say, walked you- out or thrown out? No, I, I walked out. You know what? And I, I was even so stupid. I didn't even negotiate to get a package on the way out the door. That was how stupid I was. Um, anyway, and, and left a great corporate um, you know, position, and, uh, but just didn't want to grow old being stuck in corporate America. So this was about, uh, well, 1998 is one is mm. my life. And uh, really began doing a lot of consulting at that point in time which then kind of morphed into a lot of training, which now really kind of morphs into just primarily speaking. I do I do a ton of speaking. And then, of course, writing. I do a ton of writing. I you know, wrote, wrote the book, High Profit, High Profit Selling. And um, new book coming out. Maybe we'll have a chance to talk about that one. Oh, we are, bit. yes. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I just get a chance. Uh, heading to Australia here uh, in the Q, Q2. And then um, doing London later in Q2, um, just yeah, we're kind of all over the place, uh, having fun. That's really what it's all about. I, I'm, I'm absolutely having fun, helping people, because I was a reluctant salesperson. I, l- let me take a step back. I did not get into sales because I wanted to. I, that was the last profession I wanted to get into. But I got into sales courtesy of the Seattle Police Department. And the fact that I got like three speeding tickets in the course of about six months. And ultimately what happened was my car insurance got so high that I needed to get a job that supplied me with a company car. This was right after right after I got out of college. And um, this was before they did background checks. I never would have, <laughs> I never would have gotten that sales job today. But anyway, you know, you know the options were uh, taxi cab driver, bread truck driver, or salesperson. And uh, I... I chose the latter. And uh, that's how I wound up in sales. Wait, I think it's an accident. Yeah. Most, most salespeople are yeah. accidental yeah. salespeople. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? It's been absolutely fun. I, I, I love sales more now than ever because uh, it is truly, it's, it's, it's that profession where you get to really impact and influence people. 
You know, the, the job of a salesperson is the same thing as the job of a leader. It's to help people see and achieve things they didn't think were possible. That jazzes me. I know that jazzes you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was a guest I spoke to a couple weeks ago. Uh, Tom Ziegler said, you're selling hope. Yes, yeah. I'd like to think that I'm more than just selling hope. I'd like to think that I'm selling out successful outcomes. Oh, sure. But, but I mean, but it's, but it's, it's, it's aspirational for people. That's what yeah. you're talking oh, about. It's not, just oh. a, it's not just a wish. It's as you're selling the, the promise that things are going to be better. Without a doubt, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 wishing for that BMW Seven Series. I'm, I'm no, oh, no. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you probably have two of those already. <laughs> I mean, we won't discuss what's in the garage. Well, okay. I was gonna say, I mean, well, you can tell us what's in your garage. I mean, people want to know. I mean, you're successful in your field. You you live in your neighbors with Warren Buffett. Yeah, Warren lives right down the street from me. And uh, so we- so yeah, what's what's in your garage? I bet you have a fancier car than he does. I actually, you know what? I, 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 I might. I've got two uh, Acuras in there. Um, I know he drive. He drives a new Cadillac, and um, so I'm not. But uh, but no, I've got I've got two Acuras in there. And, okay. Uh, All right. You know, in Good. Eleven. Yeah. In Omaha, Nebraska. So I in, mean, in in right for anybody who doesn't know where Warren Buffett lives, it's <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. And oh, by the way, the town is so small that everyone lives down the street from Warren. Okay? <laughs> one That's way or another, right? right? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So let's let's talk about prospecting. That's how yeah. I kicked off the show. Talking about prospecting. So here, yeah, I guess here's really a yeah maybe a difficult question for in some respects. But really, hasn't prospecting split into two distinct disciplines? And we've got our sales development reps. So, you know, the inside sales model driving the sales development reps, then you still have full cycle sales reps that, you know, do the whole soup to nuts sales process from prospecting to closing. And isn't prospecting different for these two? Well, it, it is different, but it's still the same thing. How do I find that motivated buyer? And, you know, one of the pieces that I like to look at, one of the examples I like to use is, one of the reasons, and we got to go to the end. You know, the end result is I want to have customers that I can close. I, I you know, I, I want to have prospects that I can close turn into customers. And one of the big challenges we have is that salespeople have a hard time finding prospects. They do. So this is why we've created this this uh, bipolar type of sales philosophy. We have these people who go out and develop leads and source leads. We have social media. We have all these different things out there. And then, like you said, we have those full service people that do everything. So we, we have sales has never been as dysfunctional. And, and, and I say that from a positive manner, because that means we're really starting to understand how the process works. But it comes back to this whole thing that if, if, I'm, if I'm Nordstrom's, I can't go out and prospect Walmart shoppers, because I can't take a Walmart shopper and make them a Nordstrom customer. It just isn't going to happen. And one of the biggest problems I think we have in sales is that we start off attracting the wrong person. We start off chasing the wrong person. And no wonder closure rates are so low. No wonder there's such an unhappiness amongst the uh, customer side of the equation. Because they're having to deal with salespeople that they shouldn't really be having to deal with. Well, so, okay. But if you take in the case of the sales development reps, you know, one of the, again, yeah. the real evolutions yeah. we're seeing is that, yeah. yeah, they're doing a much better job of identifying who the ideal customer profile is and generating or creating lists, if you will, either through social media or whatever, to give the SDRs to call. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, that, that's all good, but what we still got to do is we still got to go through that whole qualification process. And this is one of the challenges that I think, and, and, and you, you really convinced me more than anybody in terms of the speed of selling. Mm-hmm. And I remember when you and I first met, I was probably on a little slower train. I said, hey, I don't want to rush the sale because I want to capture the full sale. You were really speed of sale, speed of sale. And I've really come around to, oh, finally understand that Andy Paul was the smart person in the room. No. Anyway, because, <laughs> well, thank you. Well, Everybody no, listening no. to the show, hey, write that down. I'm Come serious. back. Oh, no, I'm dead serious on this because he, here's all. It is the speed of the sale. And where we get hung up is that we don't qualify the prospect efficiently and effectively. And and this, again, is one of those challenges. And I, I, I was with a sales I, – I was with a company the other day, and they have this split arrangement of salespeople. And they were challenging me. They had come back to me. They said, hey, is this the right approach? And here's what, here's what I came back and told them. I said, the problem you have is that your people who are out there generating the leads, they are getting paid on the number of leads they developed. They are not getting paid on the quality of those leads. And as a result, they're passing a lot of junk along to those true salespeople. And, and you, we gotta, we got to be splitting this. we, we got to be qualifying better faster now how we do that it's going to be a, it's going to be a different model in every organization you know it depends on whether or not we're having to are we having to educate the customer are we having to educate the lead as to the industry we're in the company we're in the product the service etc cetera, etc cetera? or are they already educated and now we're just trying to create a conversion you know, a reason for conversion. You know, there's tons of different reasons why, but we got to qualify and got to qualify faster. So where does that responsibility in your mind, where does that responsibility lie? I mean, again, get back to you got team of SDRs, working the phones, admittedly calling some people might be a little cold. Some people may be warm. Yeah. Yeah. But they're really trying to sell a meeting. They're trying to sell a demo. They're trying to get to right, that next right, step. Right. And right. they got the sense of urgency. They've got, you know, certain quantity goals they have to meet but increasingly we're also seeing that companies are got wising up and putting quality metrics in place as well for SDRs yeah in terms well, of conversion. This, this, so so where does that responsibility lie in your mind well, for qualification this, yeah just because I can get a meeting doesn't mean anything hey I'll tell you what when I was in corporate America there were a lot of vendors that I would sit and meet with that I had zero intention of ever ever doing business with but I was willing to sit with them because, A, I needed a check mark with my boss that I looked into this, or B, I just wanted to get a little bit of education, or C, I maybe wanted to sniff the salesperson to see if maybe we should hire them. You know, any number of different reasons why, but none of them were to, gee, I want to buy from this vendor. I want to buy from this supplier. No, this is the whole thing. Setting up the meeting without a reason for setting up the meeting, setting up the demo without a reason, if, if we can't uncover a need, if we can't uncover what, what, is the, what is the need, the benefit, the outcome, the pain, something that this, this lead is looking to overcome, then why are we even having the meeting? I mean, I, I, I got to be candid. Now, could I throw some, some potential leads out by accident with this type of approach? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get it. But I'll tell you what, the most valuable asset any organization has is their people's time. 
And this really, this gets in the craw of some people. I, I know this gets in the craw of people. But my whole argument is I want to make sure that every moment of the day is productive time spent by each one of my employees. If I'm an independent salesperson, I want to make sure that, that this is why I jump on a lot of salespeople for spending too much time on social media. Social media is great. Hey, I love it. I spend time out there. But I'll tell you what, in fact, it's funny. I, 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 just, I just had a fascinating conversation. And Well, I'll go ahead and mention it. Jill Conrath. Sure. Jill and I are good friends. We, we chat back and forth a lot. And I happened to be out on LinkedIn this morning. Ooh, social media. And I noticed that Michael Hyatt had 14,000 followers. And I, ooh, that was kind of funny because Jill is just about ready to flip over 100,000 followers. So I sent her an email. I said, I said, who would win the, who would win the social media war? Jill Conrath versus Michael Hyatt. And um, she popped me back and noticed, says, where are you going with this? And I popped her back and noticed, said, hey, you got six times the number of followers as Michael Hyatt. You win. Boom. She sent me back. Yeah, but he does a better job monetizing. So I sent her back a note. I said, yeah, but isn't it amazing how people get hung up and love the social media numbers, but you can't eat them? And yeah, that's the whole thing. You know, okay, I'm going down a little bit of a tangent here, and I apologize, but you know, we can create we can create these wonderful tribes, we can create these wonderful followings, but it doesn't put food on the table unless you truly monetize it. So I, I gotta I gotta find a way to move these people through, and and ultimately have them giving me. You know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be greedy. I want you to give me money, <laughs> then I'm gonna really love you. <laughs> So let's get back to the key question we were just talking about. Yeah, Who's yeah we got totally sidetracked. <laughs> oh, that's okay. It's your show. Go where you want. Um, so, <laughs> so who should be qualifying these leads? And I, I mean, I have a, a different answer, I think, that maybe that that uh, is different from what most people think. Is, I mean, qualification, you may have these SDRs. They're not they're making calls. There's, as I said, we, we know there's pressure on them from a quantity standpoint. Increasingly now we're, we're wanting to inject some quality into that, but, but qualification really is going to take place in two stages, right? I mean, there's only so much qualification right, the SDR right, can do right, right, because right, okay. these are people that are the least experienced, Okay, right? Right. But in terms of dealing with the customer. So they're going to qualify to some level and then it's going to go to the account executive who's going to have to qualify at a deeper level. Right. But if the SDR can't at least do some sort of an initial qualification, and what do you so what do you what do you want them to do? That's yeah. really what I'm getting to. What do you want them to do? Okay, it might be a question of when are you looking at making a decision? Why? Why does it make sense for you to have a meeting with us? What is it that you're looking for in a demo? What is it that you're doing? I, I want to ask some sort of a question. That's going to, don't just give me a name and an email and a phone number or something like that, pass along. I want to have something to go along with it. And if I can't get that, and, you know, let's not kid ourselves. If the SDR isn't qualified enough to do that, then why don't we just get a robot to do what the SDR could do? I mean, really, if you think about it. I mean, if, well, if, some people have advocated that. Right. That's what I mean. I mean, that's, they're saying that if right. we can't, oh, yeah, if oh, we yeah, can't right. skill up, Right. Our SDRs. If we can't make them more. What do we need them for? Right. More competent in asking the right questions and not just robotically asking them, but yeah. actually asking them and understanding the context of the answers. 
yeah, can't we replace them with a robot? Right. That's that's why I say they have they have to be able to ask one question that begins to get that the lead potential. And and remember, even when you pass them off, they're not a prospect. They're, they're still just a suspect in my book. I mean, mm-hmm. They're still just a suspect. You know, then that AE has got to go through another vetting process. But my contention is, I think we can we can skim out 20, 30 percent of the stupid leads that come forward. And think about the think about the churn we have at the AE level and all of the agita that goes on between the AE and the SDR, you know, or, or, you know, between sales and marketing, you know, as to who's got the leads, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, why is it? Because everybody's arguing over the, over the, the quality of the leads that they happen to be having to deal with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk specifically about uh, the new book you're writing yeah, and great. about prospecting. And we'll be right back with Mark Hunter and get into that. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. All right, welcome back. We're talking with Mark Hunter today about prospecting. Now, Mark has a new book that he's working on about prospecting. So I guess the first, when you told me about this, you know, because we're in touch fairly often, and you said you're working on a book about prospecting. My first question to myself was, well, why? <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, there's so much that's been written, and it seems like even in the last couple of years, about prospecting. So, so what do you see that's missing in what's been previously written? What's the hole you're filling with, with what you're working on? Well, let, let, let's stop and take a look at it. It's such a huge issue. There's more than one type of restaurant out there. And one of the various, you know, there, there's there's 50 different types of food. Unless you happen to live here in Omaha, then there's only one there's restaurant. Steak. That's a steak place, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's called Omaha Steaks, and that's it. So anyway, anyway. Um, so who gets the so, better? Who gets the better table at that restaurant? You or Warren? Warren doesn't. There are two restaurants that Warren. There used to be three, but one of them one of them closed, and um, there is well, really, Gorat's is the restaurant, and you can you. Can check this out anytime. Anytime you're in Omaha, go by Garatz about twelve thirty or so. And uh, if Warren's in town, he will be there having lunch. So anyway, okay. En- enough about local tourism <laughs> in Omaha. Uh, We're trying to boost prospect- Omaha for you. Okay. Hey, that's right. Why? 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 Why prospecting? Here's one of the big challenges. Well, not just why prospecting, but you know what? Yeah. What did you see as as the whole? Yeah. You know, what hadn't been written about? What's the angle you're bringing yeah. to it that wasn't there before? Here's the angle. I feel success in prospecting is when I spend more time with fewer prospects. This is not a game about getting more prospects. It's really a game about getting better prospects. And one of the challenges that, that I, or one of, the, one of the premises that I walk people through in the book is to show them how do we qualify, going back to the discussion we had before the break, you know, how do we qualify them faster? Because what I want to do is I want to be spending more time with fewer 
prospects. That's one of the key critical aspects I talk about. The other critical piece. Well, now, is, let's and let's yeah, let's yeah. clarify that because fewer prospects that are going to spend more. Well, yeah, that I can close. That I can close. Or you can close because, more quickly. Right, because he, he here's the thing. There are too many sales pipelines that are literally plugged up. I mean, you got to call Rotor Rooter. I mean, because because salespeople have put into their pipelines numbers just to keep their boss happy. These things aren't going anywhere. When I deal with sales managers, I say, look, if if that prospect doesn't move up or down after two sales calls, they should not be in the pipeline. Period. In other words, you, you you just can't you can't keep static people. And so this is this is this well, is why if they don't move up, they should be gone. If they move down after right. one call, if they move right. down after one call, you get rid of them, right? Well, yeah, but but I mean, but you you can have somebody move very close to buy, and then due to budget considerations, due to you know competitive pressure, they may back down, you know, for a month or two or even a quarter. That's okay. I, I understand that. Then they come back in. That, that's you know that that's good account management. Yeah, I want I want everybody to close in a perfect straight line. But hey. In, especially in a B2B world, I know that's not always going to be the case. So he, here's the whole thing. How do we create this marriage between social media and traditional prospecting? Now, this really starts to rub me the wrong way because there are too many people out there that are saying, if you just do social media well enough, hey, you know, the sun, the moon, the stars will line up and every, everything will be okay. And I go, yeah. And I go, you'll go hungry and your kids will have no shoes. Okay, period. Get over it. There is a marriage between traditional prospecting and social media. Social media helps you set the awareness. It, it helps you build uh, a presence. It, it, so to speak, is the advertising and the marketing. But I still got to be making calls. I still got to be doing emailing. And oh, by the way, emailing is not the only prospecting tool out there. This is, again, one of the big Pick up the phone, people. Oh, well, nobody answers the phone. Yeah, but you know what? If I leave a good voicemail message, people will listen to it, but they won't call me back. I know. I, I totally understand that. How many times do you drive down the road and you see billboards, you see signs for various for various places? It doesn't mean you necessarily stop at each one, but it creates awareness. See, these are all some of the tools that you got to put into your prospecting bucket. Now, one of the reasons most people fail at prospecting is because they start, but they can't finish. And uh, my, my argument is don't start what you can't finish. Don't sit there and say, well, gee, I contacted these 50 people here this week, and then I don't have time to get back to them again. That, that's not prospecting. That's just throwing crap out there, thinking something's going to bite. You have to have a plan, and that requires repetition. That one of the best uh, sources of instruction for prospecting can be found on the back of a shampoo bottle. It says repeat. It says repeat. You know, I, I I'm going to start getting on my soapbox here, and and but I, it's, I, it's appropriate because you're talking about shampoo. There you go. So, <laughs> man, I'm so. So. Oh, I, boy. See, I, I'm just throwing the softballs. You out walked here. right into that. I'm just, I'm just giving them up to you because I want to make the host look good. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's going to take more than that. But, but I think that so. The question is, you know, you talk about repetition, so but it's really not just repetition. You're really talking about what's the cadence. Well, right. So, that, what what that, is what is the series of touches that you're gonna you're gonna instrument or you're gonna plan 
yeah. that you execute for each of these people that that you're walking through and that are on your list. Yeah. I, if, if, I'm, if I'm trying to reach that mid-level person, if I'm trying to meet, reach that mid to lower level person, and it may be a consumable, it may be a CapEx, but it's, but it's within the budget. I'm not talking about major capital items. I'm going to do probably what I call 6 MPM. 6 MPM. That's six messages per month. I'm going to hit you with six. Whoa! People freak out. And they say, I'm not going to. You're not going to. I'm not going to. No. Each, each message I send you is going to be different. And I may send you a couple by way of voicemail. I may send you a couple by way of email. You know, I'm, I'm going to use different approaches. And oh, by the way, if you haven't responded to me after the course of, uh, you know, a month or maybe it's five or six weeks or so, that's okay. You know, things can slide. Then I then I take you off my list. I'm going to take you off my list, off that list for 90 days. And then I'm going to do like it says in the shampoo bottle. Repeat. I'm going to repeat it again. And, and, and I'm going to keep doing that. Now, the key is. I can't just say, hey, I want you to buy from me. Oh, shut up. I, I can't tell. I mean, you get, I'm, I'm sure you get tons of cold email prospecting, you know, mm-hmm. every, sure. and, you, and you get the stupid phone calls. I mean, it just, it just drives me nuts. I, don't hit me with that. Now, if I, you know, uh, you know, even a blind squirrel will, will find an acorn occasionally. Okay. Yeah. That can be lucky. If, if, if you make 10,000 calls, maybe you get one. What I want to do is I want to be able to hit you. I want to drip you with information that you're going to find credible and you're going to find worthy. And what's going to happen is now this is going to begin to pique your interest. What I'm doing is I'm trying to allow you to see that I'm different, that I have a level of competence and I have a level of confidence that you're not seeing in other salespeople. You may not be in a position to buy. You, you know, you, I, I may be hitting you way out of your buying cycle. Fine. It's okay. But you know what? If I hit you six times with different messages, you, you, chances are you're probably going to remember me. And oh, by the way, you may just happen to be seeing some of me by way of social media. Or maybe somebody else on your team is seeing me by way of social media. But see, so then what happens is I come back around and I do this drip again. 90 days later, and then you say, oh, wait a minute, I do need to talk with this guy. You see, what I have to do is I have to figure out a way, how do I be seen differently than my competitors out there? Now, more importantly, I don't want to feel that I have a competitor because there's only one me. I want to provide you with that value. When I provide you with that information and insight, then, you know, game on. I have I have the privilege of thinking of you with the right qualification as a prospect and ultimately, hopefully, closing you. Well, one of the things we're seeing, though, in terms of prospecting and that, that you know, you talk about six messages over six months is... Uh, six, six, over, six over a month. That's, oh, six over a month. Okay. Six, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we're seeing, it, the point, I, I misunderstood them, I apologize, is okay. that, yeah, we're seeing, especially like in the SaaS space and some of the tech spaces where... They could be doing seven over seven days. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, depending on the frequency of the purchase, depending on the price value relationship, et cetera, and and the level of the or, the level of the position that you are calling into, that all goes up and down in terms of the speed of the frequency, the speed of the contact, you know, et cetera. You know, and and I've got one chapter in my book that is laid out just on that, helping you define what is the right frequency. Uh, yeah. So what are some of the tools or technologies you're seeing out there now that 
that companies are doing are using or that you would recommend to to companies that you work with to assist in this prospect and automating some of this this outreach and so on pick up the phone it, it, it's called pick up the uh, yeah I, I love automation and, and believe me there are plenty of tools out there in terms of email automation tools you know you know my own company we, we use infusionsoft and we we use a host host but one of the challenges I find is that if you get too automated, what happens is you're losing all sense of being able to control who that person is. Now, what do I mean by that? What happens if they do respond? You have no clue who they are. I'm going to argue, and I'm going to argue this vehemently, that one of the best prospecting tools out there is still the telephone. Pick up the telephone. Now, does the telephone in and of itself generate the response? No, but you know what? The telephone combined with email. The telephone combined with the LinkedIn message. The telephone combined with maybe even the text message. You know, I, I picked up two nice pieces of business just over the last six weeks by way of LinkedIn. LinkedIn messaging. I love it. Where you did yeah. proactive outreach using an in-mail or something? Yeah. I, I, reached, I reached out to people and we were able to create a dialogue by way of LinkedIn messaging that I never would have been able to reach these people because, you know what? There are some people that will, you know, you'll never be able to break through their spam filter in terms of trying to get them an email, mm-hmm. you know, period. But you can send them something by way of LinkedIn, and then on a Sunday evening when they're just out there kind of putzing around their computer, they're looking at LinkedIn, boom, they saw it. And that's exactly what happened. You know, Excellent. Uh, I yeah, like that. So that's I, good. I, good. I, I lo- LinkedIn messaging, and I'll tell you what, people got – we have, we all have to do a much better job of really understanding how powerful a tool that is. Because think about this: I can use LinkedIn. Let, let me walk through. Let me walk through. Uh, one of the things that I do every day, I post something new on LinkedIn every day. Now, what I post on LinkedIn may be nothing more than an article that I, I'm pushing over to LinkedIn, but from Inc. or from Forbes or from Business Insider, or any of those publications that I, that, you know, I, oh, wow, that's great. I'm going to put that on LinkedIn. Now, what, what is this doing? This is allowing my, my, my LinkedIn tribe to see my level of thinking. It, it puts, me into their, puts me into their feeds. But then what, what happens is I'm beginning to say, hey, who's connecting with me? Who's looking at my profile? Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ooh, this is something. There. Here is somebody who looked at my profile. And, and of course, I do a lot of speaking. And this is how one of these leads came about, was, was there was a couple of people from a particular company. Wait a minute, what, why are they looking at my profile? So I went out and found a much more senior level person. Wasn't, wasn't, the economic, wasn't the true buyer, wasn't that VP of sales, that CEO. But it was a, I could tell that this is probably somebody who reports to that person. And I popped them a LinkedIn message. And I, I, I just shared with them a couple, couple of insights. And boom, they got back to me. I popped them back. They got back to me. I popped them a link. Hey, take a look at this. And yeah, nice piece of business. I mean, believe me, it, you know, the, this, is, this, is how you, this is how you use social media. Uh, it, we, we have a tendency. I, I, I feel like we've been raised as a sales community to treat social media as this push tool, push and mass, push and mass, you know, tweet, retweet, mm-hmm, 
do this. And, and I think it's a great one-on-one tool. And what I just shared with you was a great way to use one-on-one. I, I had a person re- reach out to me by way of Twitter. Sure. No, I found uh, that. And that, and that's great. That's yeah. great. And, and that's a great message. And, and it's interesting, but, uh, this happens to be a person in Europe. And uh, we subsequently had a Skype call, and um, we've done some other stuff, and I'm just waiting for her to get back in touch with me. But, but yeah, it's, it's, we got to take social media and make it the individual media. All right. Great advice. Well, we're sort of running out of time here. So I've just got a couple sort of quick questions for you. Um, rapid fire question. You give me one word answer so you can elaborate as much as you wish. So first one here is, is what's the most effective tool other than the phone that you use in your own prospecting? And I think you maybe answered that with LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay. So is cold calling dead? Cold calling is dead. And I'm going to give you more than one word. Yes. Cold calling is dead. It's informed calling. There's no reason why you can't make at least an informed call. There's so much information out there on the web. So do a little research before you make your call. Do some research, right. All right. So besides your book that's going to be coming out here shortly about prospecting, what's one other book about prospecting that salespeople should read? Well, Amp Your Sales by Andy Paul. (laughs) I talk about Uh, qualification. I don't really talk about prospecting. I'm just trying to to show you some love, man. (laughs) uh, Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Lund. Okay. Uh, Great book came out in the uh, uh, late summer 15. Okay. What's an ideal mix for a small, mid-sized business? What's an ideal mix of inbound versus outbound lead gen? Well, ideal, it'd be 100% in- inbound, but that's not going to happen. I don't, I don't want to put any more stress on, wow, that's, that's a hard that's a hard one because every industry is so different. And again, are, am I dealing with an industry where I'm well-known, it's a developed industry, or I'm having to educate? If I'm having to educate, I'm going to be much more out, outbound focused. Okay, good. All right. Well, I want to thank you for joining me again. My yeah. guest has been Mark Hunter. Always love talking with Mark. He's author of a book, High Profit Selling. Soon another book will be coming out in the High Profit series. Can you give us the title? Yeah, High Profit Prospecting. High Profit Prospecting. There you go. So, and Mark, hey, yeah. how, how can people learn more about you? Well, it's the website, thesaleshunter.com, thesaleshunter.com. And hey, you can check me out on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm, I'm, I'm all over social media. But I think by now you realize that social media is just one of the prospecting tools. It's not the prospecting tool. But anyway, thesaleshunter.com. Love to connect with you. Okay, excellent. So remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success, subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that because then you'll make sure you don't miss any of our conversations with top business experts like our guest today, Mark Hunter, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.